0: companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to a special episode of Horror on the Orient Express as we place spotlight on Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy. And so joining me tonight is...
1: Hello, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and uh, I was feeling a little faint earlier. You
0: were indeed. And so we are going to just, as we always do, or as you always try to do, thank our Patreon backers and thank our listeners and supporters uh, who have showed so much love for our episodes. And so we will raise the curtain now on a quiet hotel room inside Venice where a doctor in training, Paul, is continuing to concoct something for Lady Elizabeth's malady. So, Lady Elizabeth, you're getting the sense now. It's afternoon. You're fairly certain of that still. Not too much time has passed. You don't think. You still feel very, very pale. You feel almost a bit not sweaty is the wrong word but you're just just the lightest bit of sheen is over your face your body's overheated and uh, while you're still drinking able amounts of water paul has told you that he would begin to concoct something to to refortify you uh, he's concerned that uh, perhaps just all the travel has has gotten to you you however reacted to the news of Alexander being in Venice in a very distinct way. And so while Paul may be a very learned man, he does not understand the underpinnings of the difficulties when it comes to your family.
1: How could he? He wasn't even there for most of it. True. So while he is putting together his concoction, whatever it is, I'm sure it has nothing to do with drugs of any kind. I'm going to pull out my journal and make some notes just to try and process what I'm feeling about the news and the fact that this half-brother who I've never actually met is now in the same town. And also, it was probably him who tried to kill me on the ferry. I don't know for sure, but I suspect. So very complicated emotions right now. I don't like admitting them, but I have them.
0: It is difficult for you to admit complicated emotions, and and that could stem from many things. Um, You look back at your childhood, and you see time and time again trying to communicate with your family, your mother, your father, trying to have them hear you, not just see you and pat you on the head and tell you how to operate but they have not seen you and this internal roiling has gone on for years and you have done the the important thing that society is expected of you of any lady you have kept them bottled up because it's a personal matter but more and more as the age has changed As the twenties have begun to roar and just seeing the couples in Paris whom knowingly or unknowingly were showing who they really were or seeing how, how boisterous and out front Maggie is. It's all another example of how you haven't really been able to communicate who you are whether by choice or be- because society has told you in some shape or form that you're not allowed to,
1: as I'm thinking about all that, I kind of pull out of my uh, pocket. I have a small heart-shaped locket that was given to me just a little bit before my father died, and it has a woman's picture in it. And I haven't let myself open this this entire journey because it's just it's. It's too much, but I look at it and I'm thinking about how the one time father walked in with me and this uh, young woman, and all he did was mutter, should have been a boy, and turn around and walk out, slamming the door, and I was never allowed to see her again after that. And this was just about a year before father died, and I had hoped to see her again once the mourning period was over only to find that she'd married and this is the first kind of downtime I've had to really think about it and just sort of wonder what could have been but it hurts too much and I close it up and put it back in my pocket and hope Paul didn't notice
0: it doesn't seem so Paul turns around with a rather Strange fizzing green concoction he seems to stir it a little more well this should hopefully fortify you quite well uh, I do think it is best of course to rest a little more after this I don't know that you should continue with today's journey just just at the moment and perhaps once you feel better and take the proper rest you can you can get back out there. He sets the glass on the table.
1: I hold it up, sort of sniff at it. I don't suppose I want to know what's in your witch's brew today, Paul?
0: Oh, oh no, no, no witching. No, no witching at all. None. Uh, this is pure, unadulterated science.
1: Well, some people believe that witchcraft was just an early form of science that we didn't have the language for, so I mm. smile at him, and I down it.
0: It's a bit like seltzer water a little bit, so it definitely bubbles on the way down. I suppose there's a bit of a medicinal moment to it, but it is not sharp or bitter. There's a, a tint of mint to this. It almost would go well in tea, maybe? Although, with the amount that he gave you, it'd be a pretty gigantic tea, tea glass.
1: After all of the things I have had physicians... Forced me to take over my life trying to fix me. I, I suspect a great many of them are just uh, herbs and tea that have been fancied up with seltzer water to make me feel like I'm taking medicine, but I'm going to drink it anyway and not say that to Paul because he's trying his best.
0: Yeah, this doesn't feel like any of the we'll say um, special doctor drinks that you had when you've had pains. There is something within the cup here that is likely medicinal. Although without medicine or pharmacy, it would be very difficult for you to determine specifically what it is. He goes back to his bag and begins picking his items up and, and preparing to leave. Is there uh, anything else I can do for you? Mm,
1: I don't think so. You've been most accommodating. Thank you, Paul. Uh- I assume the others have already redeparted. departed
2: mm,
0: That's my understanding they're going to the Basilica.
1: Yes, well, as I am not allowed to join them on doctor's orders, or at least soon-to-be doctor's orders, I don't suppose it would be too much out of the realm of possibilities that I go down and have a cup of tea. Oh, no, not at all. In whatever passes for a lobby here.
0: Well, the uh, the hotel actually has a grand cafe and uh, and eatery downstairs ah, um, excellent. I ma- managed a, a little bit of breakfast down there earlier this morning it's quite lovely
1: well if it's not going to make too much of a fuss
0: provided you do uh, you settle yourself while you're down there I'm sure that uh, you will be okay you should be uh, I don't know uh, if you don't mind me saying so lady I think you're stronger than you look
1: You're one of the very first men to ever say that to me. Thank you very much. I give him a genuine smile. Oh. Don't worry. I have no intention of being waylaid by brigands or shot at or any of the other things we've been getting up to of late. I just want some tea and perhaps some chocolate.
0: Hmm. Yes, um, absolutely. I will. um, I'll be retiring to my room. But if you should need anything, have the staff call for me and I'll be there right away.
1: Thank you very much, Paul. I don't know what we'd do without you. Well,
0: he finishes picking up his bag. I'm sure that, um, the rashes or the pains that Miss Bellinger has had would be looked after by someone, and I'm sure the the professor would likely get along in some regard.
1: I just sort of pause for a moment, debating what I'm going to say, and then I will lean forward a little bit, just like, Paul... You are invaluable and I don't think we tell you that enough. Now if you tell anyone that I said that to you, I will most soundly deny it. But we are happy to have you along.
0: He smiles. You can tell that he borders on on comfortability at like genuine thanks. I'm not really sure why, but he he manages to smile and says, "I We'll continue to work in uh, your set as you've hired me to do so. And uh, any aid I can offer you or any of the members of your party, I'll be happy to do so.
1: His discomfort is very British, so it's quite reassuring in a way that that's how he reacts.
0: He takes his leave of you only after asking your permission.
1: I send him along. I'm in desperate need of tea.
0: It isn't more than maybe two or three minutes where you start to feel a bit of an energetic boost you feel a, a strength coming back from maybe from the drink maybe from your pleasant exchange with Paul who knows uh, maybe perhaps it's the compliment he paid you that is uh, beginning to gain some mileage within your your mind and that's helping it, um, it's very reaffirming to have someone else see you it just hasn't happened in a very long time
1: It hasn't. And uh, I'm going to take advantage of the boost of energy, and for a moment, just just a moment, I'm going to debate slipping out and going to join the others, Um, but then I decide that Mr. Fraser has enough on his plate, and uh, I'm not sure I want to give him anything else to worry about at the moment. Um, So begrudgingly, uh, I will follow Doctor's orders, and I'm, I'm going to change into a more appropriate sort of afternoon tea sort of attire. I was wearing sort of a walking dress, going out looking around and, and visiting libraries mm-hmm. and things. Um, so more of a like a the long sort of sheath dress they wear in the 20s. But a very light blue color uh, that sets off my eyes. Not that I'm looking for anything, but you know. Oh, no. I don't. I don't get to dress up all that much on this trip. That's true. I'm going to make myself look nice since I have the energy to do it and I will take a book, and go sit and have some tea.
0: The area downstairs that Paul had mentioned is quite fantastic. The hotel is afforded many luxuries, and just furniture alone is quite pleasant. So you get very wide open spaces, columns. There's definitely a sense of the Italian Renaissance in here, so you get that some very similar architectural designs that Milan had. You get the beautiful tray ceilings and chandeliers. A very quiet lobby too, which is exceedingly accommodating for you. Uh, Overstuffed furniture, so you don't sink into it. And really, one of the best fixtures of this location is there are multiple sets of these, these small intimate places right so they have this main drag of chairs and couches and then on either side of them they have different sets right so they have chair sets for what look like groups that are just stopping in to have a drink and then they have some sets that are for people who want to sit and read a book and then you have these two or three chair sets far against the wall against this these beautiful stained glass windows and They're set a little bit further apart. And that's where some people are having tea or enjoying a pipe or reading the paper. And they're very just intimate.
1: My sort of place, in fact. Uh, So I think I will take a... I guess an empty table by one of the stained glass windows. Are are the stained... Glass? Do they have like in you know in churches and so on? You have these uh, pictures depicted in them, or is it just the the color?
0: It's a little different, right? So the middle portion of these windows is mostly just a white or off blue coloring, and then there's a lower tray that goes uh, that surrounds it, and borders it, and goes all the way up in these sweeping patterns up, and that is stained glasses that that have flowers were birds, different different pieces there.
1: So I'll, I'll take a table near, near one of the windows with the patterns so that I can... I'm suddenly seized with the idea of sketching some of them. I do sketch in my off time occasionally. And uh, Mother really enjoys new designs for cross-stitch and embroidery. And I'm thinking that in addition to just being a memento of time in Venice... I can take one back to her as well for, for her enjoyment.
0: Certainly. You're served with uh, the tea of your request. And you are given space and time, probably 10 or so minutes before the tea arrives. They offer you a selection of afternoon desserts. So whether that be cakes or chocolates or the like. There is a, a local chocolatier here that, that serves the hotel. And so uh, you have quite the tray, should you so choose.
1: Oh, I do so choose.
0: Well, it's therapeutic, right?
1: I'm quite certain that uh, Paul would agree. Medicinal chocolate, certain to be a thing somewhere.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that wherever he is, he probably would agree. He's not going to fight you on that. You did come down a beautiful and regaled red staircase. But the nice part is, from your sketching position by that window, you also are afforded the ability to people watch. And so while you're having tea and the occasional chocolate and and working on just this next portion of your sketchbook, you get the comings and goings of a luxury hotel in a city that is frequented by tourists, although most of them are not shall we say, of the class which the hotel offers. And so the clientele that you get to people watch is very select. That is what I'm going to have you make a spot hidden role.
1: Oh, my. I'm quite good at spot hidden. So 59 under 63.
0: So walking through the lobby area towards the desk is not a person. It is a pair of dogs. A pair of dogs you know very well from riding on the train with their owner. And soon afterwards, the handler of said dogs and Iliana step into the lobby. Just for the briefest of moment, she does not seem to stop at the front desk by any means. She seems to just gaze around the location, uh, looking the architecture, the build of the hotel, while her assistant and dog handler work out some sort of details here with the hotel. And you get a chance to see her from a few different perspectives. You get to kind of people watch her and it isn't too long until you begin to remember why you found her so easy to appreciate on the train like you, she has had a very select upbringing. She has had a life that has been traumatic in some regard, which she imparted to you. The two of you connect on certain very similar social levels with the the families that you operate in. And she's a very gorgeous woman and maybe a touch mysterious given her background
1: very appreciative of the new artwork that has just wandered into this hotel.
0: Yes, her beautiful green and red paisley coat sits just very carefully wrapped around her shoulders. And it isn't for more, isn't more than maybe a minute or so that her gaze eventually begins to work its way through the ground level of the hotel and its accompanying cafe and sitting area. And that's about when the two of you meet eyes. And the dilation and the change in her expression is palpable from 30 yards.
1: It would be socially improper for me to call out anything, but I will uh, raise one hand just sort of to wave at her in in a gesture that could be interpreted as you are welcome to come and sit with me or could be interpreted as just a mere hello depending on how the recipient wishes to uh, receive it but it is completely socially appropriate in this situation.
0: Very well. You see her seeming to incline her head slightly and she says something over her shoulder to her assistant and then she begins very purposefully yet slowly making her way over to you.
1: I will close my sketchbook and put it away in my satchel under the table, and part of that is to hide the fact from myself that my hands are trembling just a little bit. I'm sure it's just the medication that Paul gave me, but uh, it's slightly discomposured, and we can't be showing that to our society guests.
0: She stops a, a respectful distance from the table that you're sitting at and she acknowledges you with a a very broad smile you can tell that her much like the train her uh, she is prepared for the day including her very seemingly characteristic lipstick it is far more progressive than you would wear but her skin tone holds it very well and she says
2: uh, good afternoon lady elizabeth
1: I incline my head slightly. Your Highness, Mm. would you care to have a seat? Thank
0: you. She sits down at the seat next to you. Oh my. Takes off her coat. And as she's about to turn, she kind of folds it over in a very proper fashion and uses it as something to hold on to. As her assistant is still
2: away. I hope you don't mind. I prefer this chair to that one.
1: The lighting is certainly better from this angle. Indeed. Too many shadows from that angle.
2: What a wonderful surprise to see you here in Venice.
1: Surprise is mutual. I must uh, apologize for not keeping our lunch date aboard the train. I was indisposed.
2: Yes, I was surprised but I know that the duties of a lady are never truly over.
1: You would perhaps know that more than most.
0: Our travels took us in a different direction, but I am happy to see that they have met up
2: again.
1: Yes, it is uh, quite a pleasant surprise. I hope you are enjoying Venice so far.
2: Mm, Indeed. Indeed. The Grand Canal is magnificent. It's very pretty.
1: I'm not particularly fond of water, but uh, it is quite nice. They have an excellent library if you uh, need some reading material.
2: Do they? I was in one of the libraries here last time. I was through and I found that the help was better than most. Less restrictive than some of the other libraries I've been to. Unfortunately, some of the Parisian libraries and some of the ones that I have been to in your home country have not been so welcoming to...
0: She seems to stab for the moment with her eyes at a word and says...
2: Russians.
1: My nostrils flare slightly. Uh, yes, well, they're not exactly welcoming to most. Unless you are... What is the best way to put it? Possessing of certain anatomy.
2: A foolish perspective.
1: Yes, quite. One day women will rule the world, and we will start by taking over the libraries.
2: (laughs) You mean to suggest that we do not already?
1: From the shadows, yes. But eventually, we will have to step into the limelight and take what is properly ours.
0: A member of waitstaff stops over and asks if the two of you have need of anything, and Elena asks for...
2: Yes, just some tea. They
1: do have most excellent
2: chocolates here. Hmm. Do you have any recommendations?
1: I'll tell the waiter to bring the same assortment that I selected earlier for myself.
0: He nods and then steps away. Her assistant comes over and you see Elena give over her coat to her assistant. They have a conversation very short in what you you think is Russian. And her assistant leaves with the dogs and goes
2: up the stairway. The animals, the dogs, they always need settling when we first get into any hotel. Are you staying here?
1: Yes, at the moment. Uh, I don't know for how long, but uh, we've only been here for a few days. It is quite a lovely hotel.
2: It seems so. They have done a fine job of keeping it. I must say I'm... It's rather pleasant your staying here.
1: I feel a slight flush at the back of my neck because I don't quite know how to interpret that. It is always nice to see a familiar face.
2: <laughs> We've brought some rather interesting objects with us from our trip. Oh. We stopped in a city along the route. Must have been about a year ago. As you are likely, somewhat aware, I'm... I'm someone who tends to move around quite a bit, but we were able to stop in Belgrade, and there was a master of the... He called it liqueur, I believe. It is some sort of fortified wine. It is an absolutely fantastic vintage. You must try it.
1: Sounds marvelous.
2: They called it something like something silly some sort of ambrosia of course a call back to the Greek legends but truly it is the finest vintage that I've tasted since leaving home
1: well the name is certainly evocative
2: Mm. I don't
1: see how I could turn down such an invitation
2: I had hoped that you would taste it at lunch but alas plans changed that is why it is so good to see you here it will give us an opportunity to try it again.
1: And perhaps a little more leisurely?
2: Oh, quite, quite. I'm certain that we have a fine room and it seems the weather is with us still, although I'm not sure what is the canal situation. Smelled rather strange.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Um, the locals said it doesn't normally do that, so hopefully it passes soon.
0: The tea comes back with uh, some chocolates. She very gingerly tries the tea and it seems to agree with her. Uh, She indulges a bit when it comes to the chocolate. The rather flustering part for you, Lady Elizabeth, is that while she eats the chocolate, she doesn't really break eye contact. It's quite something.
1: I'm torn between looking away or looking anywhere else because this is highly socially inappropriate, but also I don't like to be stared down, and I don't like to lose a staring contest. Certainly. So, I maintain the eye contact, but also can't, probably can't hide the slight blush creeping up the side of my, my throat, as uh, this is this is a highly unorthodox situation.
0: She eventually looks back towards her tea. After the, the chocolates are consumed, just two or three of them, really. She asks if you would be interested in trying the wine.
1: I would be most interested. I have rather a free afternoon.
0: Wonderful. She stands up from the chair and gives you a moment to collect your things before uh, she moves.
1: I will take a little bit longer than normal just to allow myself to regain my sense of composure. And... Also to make sure that uh, I've got my cane and my book and everything. Don't leave anything. Uh, But I will eat the last chocolate on the plate. And then I will go.
0: It's impossible to pass up, really. You can't just leave chocolate there.
1: It would be a crime. I don't believe in sin. But if there were such a thing as a sin, that would be one of them.
0: You consume the chocolate. And as you turn to go to the stairs with her, you get the strangest social feeling that She may have left the chocolate for you intentionally and that plays around inside your head for a little while. And your body isn't really sure what to do with all of the energy running around and all of a sudden, and Paul must've put cocaine in that drink and you begin to, to um, feel just the slightest bit of, of warm perspiration like in the palms of your hands.
1: Definitely the cocaine
0: kind of ring them a little bit as you move up the staircase The hotel, while not terribly tall, is exceedingly long. So it is a building that runs quite a ways in depth towards the mainland area. This affords you a somewhat wonderful opportunity to have a reasonably paced walk with her. And since it's just after midday and yet far before dinner, the hotel hallway is empty other than occasionally staff members.
1: So, uh,
2: do you stay here often? I have stayed here twice before. It is a wonderful hotel. I always enjoy coming back to Venice. It is a wonderful city with a reputation for the passionate people like call it home.
1: Yes, I rather hope it will maintain that sort of feeling... We went through Milan recently, and it was quite a different place from what I had imagined. I am quite grateful to see Venice still seems to maintain the charm and hospitality it's famous for.
2: Well, governments come and go. And unfortunately, Italy is learning the painful lesson, I think, from having yet another Bogot another man, so consumed with himself at its head.
1: Well, it might take a few years, but they tend to get their comeuppance, I suppose. At least in fairy stories.
0: You walk about halfway down this second floor, and you get to about the middle portion, and then a little bit beyond, you see that there's a an alcove here, where there's a water fountain service area. And she gets outside of a door and knocks on it. Now, your rooms are a little bit before this one, so she's a little deeper into the hotel. You hear a couple of just light noises from the dogs inside. Not full barks, but just the the lightest movements of her dogs. And her assistant comes to the door and... Acknowledges her and steps out of the way, and then she offers the yawning portal that is her hotel suite to you.
1: I will go in a little, little cautiously. I, I'm not very fond of dogs; it's they tend to bowl me over when they get excited. So, just very cautiously going in. Your uh, pets—they—they they won't uh, startle, will they? Oh no.
2: No, no.
0: She steps in soon after you, maybe even a little um, sooner than you were thinking. And uh, as she enters the rooms, the dogs almost go into this strange state where they just back up directly as if they're trying to give her space. And uh, she says something to them again, likely in Russian. And they head to a couch that's a little further into the into the room and they sit at its feet.
1: You know, you could uh, give my brother some instruction on how to train dogs to be well-behaved.
2: I am not normally one to instruct men. I find dogs wear colors far easier.
1: Yes, but they both make the same amount of noise.
2: Indeed they do.
0: She looks to her assistant and says
2: the wine please
0: and her assistant nods and goes into this hotel suite seems to have some sort of preparatory area for service and uh, she begins getting things out of a case and preparing things the the two of you she walks you towards the main portion of the hotel suite and you see that the windows for her suite look down on a rather beautiful portion of um, Venice's architecture.
1: I see they save the best for the best.
2: Well, I do appreciate your appreciation for my status, but truly the owner of the hotel and I are well known, matter of business. I have many cities throughout the Express's reach that I have secured socially acceptable spaces for someone who is still currently being chased by How should I say this? Assassins.
1: They are actually following you.
2: I have been for years.
1: Have you tried hitting them very hard in the in the knees with a stick? I found that works quite well.
2: When the Bolshevik came for the royal family, They sent out missives in many directions for anyone connected to the royal family and they did their best over the years to continue to eliminate them. Now, I am not in a position as a woman to inherit anything. Unfortunately, I am far too far from any direct lineage and I have no interest in ruling Russia. But I would like I could go on trips around the world on the fortunes that my status and name have given me. And I would like to know that I do not have to look in every closet.
1: If you're no threat politically, why are they so intent on. I can't quite bring myself to say the word killing, because that's just, that's n- not an acceptable word in this sort of situation. Right. Um, uh, why are they so bent on. Getting you out of the way, as our charming American friends would say.
2: Yes. Why? That is an excellent question. Well, put simply, I know something they don't want me to know. There were many mysteries of what happened in the lead-up of the royal family's demise. There are some that say members of it are still alive. There is the hope that young Anastasia lives. And I know the truth of its matter, and they seek to silence me because of it.
1: Ah, well, that does rather complicate things, I suppose. And forgive me for the understatement. I'm just, you know, it's something that has been discussed over quite a few dinner parties and various events in my home country, and this particular that there is this desire for the royal family some of them to have survived to to be reinstated in the future as i rather believe many of my class or are concerned that events in russia might eventually spill over into england and where her royal highness the princess to still be alive or one of her family members, then there's hope that we can reverse the course, so to speak. I'm I'm sure you've heard such things in your travels.
2: Indeed, there is a fervor for her. I find it very strange that all of the news reports that came out about what happened to them we're so sure about every single one of them, except young Anastasia.
1: It is rather surprising, especially since she had brothers. You would think
2: they would choose to make a fuss over one of them. I think, I think we talked too much on these matters.
0: The uh, assistant comes over with uh, a rather short glass. It isn't a normal wine glass. It's like a tasting glass. It's probably no more than index finger tall. It has this strange, almost mahogany, amber-colored liquid in it. She sets two glasses on the table, which is nearby. Liana puts her hand up and says, Watch. And so, as the moments pass, the inner portion of this liquid, the amber in it, bulbs, swell. You can see the color change happen. So it goes from a brownish burnt sienna color on top with this bulb of mahogany and amber in it to all amber. It's as if the sun is rising in the glass.
1: I can see where the name comes from.
2: Yes. The men who sold me the bottle would not tell me how it works.
1: Well, We can't expect them to give up all their secrets. Put them out of business. No nor we ours yes well they like to think they know our secrets don't they
0: the uh, assistant uh, steps away and you hear the door to the uh, adjoining bedroom open and shut it would. she takes the glass one of the glasses and
2: hands it to you do you have any secrets can't think of many
1: things in my life that aren't secret I can imagine Some of them by my choice, some of them by societal choice, some by family mandate, I'm sure you understand.
2: I do. I understand all of these choices. I think there are some very similar choices that we have had to make along our lives because whether it be family or society at large what is understood to be acceptable is what they wish to keep it it
1: is rather difficult to control half the population
2: if you just let them do whatever they want it's true but as we are here now
0: she extends her arm to to kind of sweep around the suite
2: We are not in proper society. We may do as we wish. I take a sip of the drink,
1: perhaps too fast of a sip, because I'm trying to hide how suddenly discomfited I am in this situation.
0: Very good. It feels like a drama has happened in your esophagus. It is both light enough to drink too quickly it is also intoxicating to every sense that you can grasp onto it isn't just the room and the person you're talking to and the subtle yet not so subtle innuendo that's going on this drink makes you feel alive every nagging joint that concerns you subconsciously seems to melt under the power of this it makes you feel like you're lighter than air.
1: It's perhaps a good thing that you can only procure this in one place otherwise one might
2: get addicted to it. Indeed.
0: You suddenly realize that you've drank half of the glass and she's barely sipped any and so you're beginning to struggle between the thoughts of have I had too much? Am I doing something that's improper? And your brain starts kind of firing in very strange ways. It's all very intoxicating in a much, much different way.
1: (sighs) This is quite an experience, I have to say. I'm not quite sure how to describe it.
2: I don't think you should at all. I think it is far better for you to just enjoy the experience as it comes to you.
1: I'm not quite sure I how, know how to do that, if I'm being completely honest.
0: She takes a larger drink and seems to settle her cup back down on the table. And there is this very slow and meaningful movement that she makes in your direction. It's with her hand at, at first. And you see her very well put together in, in all proportions. Her hand breaches an invisible zone in your mind. And in many other recourses, alarm bells would be going off that someone would be getting close enough to possibly come into physical contact with you. Um, But those bells are a little dimmed when she's here. She doesn't touch you. She gets close enough to do so and very carefully leaves her hand there for you to accept it.
1: There's a bit of a pause. I'm looking at her and I want to, but all the years of training and also just the last time it takes a moment to overcome father's voice in my head the disapproval and the way he wouldn't speak to me for two weeks and then I say to myself "But he's gone now and I will stretch out my hand to hers
0: the two of you intertwine very carefully your fingers, and there is a, a yet another level of emotional intoxication that happens, knowing that this is not a handshake, a a touch that is anything except an intimate one. And you feel her, her index and her middle finger run their way up to the the top of the palm of your hand, and then eventually. And very carefully to your wrist. And it's at this point you you realize that you're inhaling a breath because she's trying to, through her actions, take it away from you.
1: My body is still fairly rigid because I'm not quite out of fight or flight, I think. And just all of the tension and the anxiety and the carefully repressed feelings about many things are threatening to break out all at once, and I am trying very hard not to let them all break out at once. Between her and the alcohol, it's hard not to.
0: She has a pretty good read on you, you think. She seems to just almost continue that motion. She doesn't go any higher than your wrist, obviously. But she seems to settle in and just enjoy that moment as it continues. And she's a person who, it seems, has a very intentional method of eye contact and isn't in a challenging way. So her gaze has softened dramatically and she has a knowing smile, not a enraptured one. And you hear her voice say,
2: In these walls you may be as you are. There are no eyes in here but ours.
0: And she says it almost with a little bit of trepidation. There is a, a yearning in her voice that your ears pick up on.
1: My other hand comes up kind of of its own volition and just rests on top of hers. I've only been allowed to be myself once, only once. And I wondered if I would ever find my way back to that person that I found that one time. It's difficult.
0: She nods. She doesn't retract so much as she lets out a breath which is audible for the room. Not in exhaustion or frustration, um, but perhaps to even steady her own heart.
1: And um Almost without thinking, which is very rare for me, the hand that was on top of hers is going to reach up and just sort of reach towards her face as if to touch it if she doesn't move away.
0: I think that you would pick up on an eagerness that is mixed with exhilaration and yet sprinkled into it likely anxiousness, but she she doesn't move. She continues to, to keep that. Very direct eye contact with you as the tips of your fingers come in contact with her face.
1: I find myself at a sudden loss for words, which is not very, not something I'm very used to. But what does one say when one is looking at a masterpiece?
2: Sometimes we say nothing at all.
1: I think perhaps there's been a bit too much silence in my life. She smiles. I agree.
2: Perhaps you need to live louder.
1: That's a very terrifying thought, but I smile a little bit as I say it.
0: You feel her move in towards your fingers and hands, almost as if she's accepting and appreciating your hand on her face. It's yet another exhilaration moment for your heart, and it isn't at all brought on by the wine.
1: It's like this long, slow, deep breath. Why me? Because I find you compelling. Do you know you're the only person in the world to ever say
2: something like that to me? Well, the world missed out on you. I will not.
1: There is absolutely no mistaking the blushing that is happening at this moment.
0: She gets a little closer to you, physically, and you can hear her voice and feel her breath against your skin now and it is causing a whole bunch of chemicals to fire in your brain. You can feel them.
2: I refuse to miss out on you.
1: I think for at the moment, I just get extremely overwhelmed with a very unfamiliar emotion. Hmm. Maybe something I haven't felt ever. Because someone actually is talking to me as if they want me for me, and not as an employer, or as a child, or a potential chip to marry off to elevate family social position, or the unwanted burden on the family, and I suddenly feel very exposed. I'm glad you don't want to miss this whatever this is.
0: She shortens the distance again. And what you then begin to experience is all of the different scents that are a part of her, whether it be the makeup or whether it be the perfume or just the pheromonal response that comes in with it. You can feel those intertwining. She takes in her right hand that still is intertwined with your fingers and you feel her tense the hand just slightly.
1: Would it be too forward of me if I were to say I would like to kiss you now? And then I look slightly surprised at the fact that I said this out loud because I was thinking it and did not realize that I was saying it as I was
2: thinking it. I don't believe at this point you need my permission.
1: Now that it's been acknowledged that I've said it out loud and not just completely ignoring it, pretending it never happened, I'm going to take a deep breath and inhale all of the perfumes and everything, just sort of steady myself a little bit. And I'm going to kiss her.
0: Venice is for lovers you realize this in a multitude of ways this afternoon. It isn't truly the Venice you thought you would find, uh, but you do find it. And Elena is a passionate person, and she is willing to indulge in all manner of playful kisses and romantic ones. And for whatever reason, her personal assistant and never seems to come out of the room. The hour or so the two of you spend intertwined is likely an exceedingly reaffirming experience for you. After the time the two of you spend together, looking out over Venice together, both small ambrosia glasses well since emptied, you feel an acceptance you feel someone has seen you finally not in the little ways that someone who might respect you sees you like being affirmed by Paul or other people for your natural qualities that father and other men would just simply put down you feel like a thread of the universe has connected that this is what life is supposed to be like and that that moment when your previous history when those memories were forged in an unfortunate method this memory seems to reinforce your own decisions about your own choices with your body and your life and your attractions Uh, it's very affirming and you come out of this state of reverie almost in this galvanized spirit And you quite like kissing a woman. You're fairly certain of that.
1: Yes, I I think this round of experimentation has fairly adequately proved my hypothesis. But of course, we will have to continue uh, with the experimentation just to confirm it in the future. But yes.
0: So I think if the two of you are finished up after an hour or so, you will likely retire back to your room afterwards. Alina does mention that she does have some business within Venice to attend to but she would like to see you again very soon and she knows you're just down the hall really so um, perhaps you and her will have another opportunity to see each other very soon.
1: And um, I will extend the invitation to her to visit my side of the hallway at any point though hers is much much better appointed. It's quieter. Yes and less uh, likely to have certain well-meaning but somewhat nosy servants poking their noses in and I'm going to give her one more long kiss before I go and this this one is the most confident I think because I have found myself in a way I would reluctantly step away.
0: She likely plants a very playful kiss on your on your neck. She almost seems to hunt for it as if she's a, a hawk. You reluctantly pull away and she very, very directly goes for your neck just for a moment and says, Thank you.
1: I don't have the words to thank you, but uh, perhaps other ways can be arranged. Oh,
2: I truly hope so. I look forward to you thanking me.
1: And my eyebrow goes up ever so slightly, but I smirk along with it. And the last thing I will do is I go back to my room, close the door, stand there thinking for a moment, and I'm going to go out to the window, the one that overlooks the canal. I'm going to open the window, and I'm going to look out over Venice. I'm going to reach into my my blouse, that interior pocket, and I'm going to pull out that locket and I'm going to look at it and I'm going to kiss it gently. And then I'm going to hold it out the window and drop it into the canal.
0: And I think that is a perfect moment to end. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Horror on the Orient Express. I think that uh, we should like to hear you and see you back rather soon.